And here we are. And here we are. Welcome to the show, Loretta. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. So you are very welcome. So yes, this is going to be great. So um, we have everyone. We have Loretta Williams Gurnell. Is that how you say your last name? Exactly. Thank you Excellent. so much. And uh, she's doing some great things in STEM and uh, for girls. And we're going to get into it right now. So uh, you are with Supergirls Shine. Foundation. That's who we are. So, SGSF. That's who we are. Nice. Excellent. Yes, yes. So I wanted to open up with some context. Okay. Um, you are a woman that is advocating and championing all women. And as of April 7th, okay. as you know, we uh, we have the first black woman, That's Ketanji right. Brown That's Jackson, right. That's right. Uh, now sworn into the Supreme Court. That's uh, right. What does that mean to you? The word confirmation is just different. It's just different when you think about confirming. And so I'll tell you a personal story that really should tug at everyone's heart. We have a 14-year-old who is a dude. I affectionately call our son's dude and my husband's dude <laughs> is my big dude. And since he was 10 years old, he has always known he wanted to go into mathematics. So he loves math or engineering, geoscience, something like that. But it shifted when he turned 10. He wanted to become an attorney. But then he said, Mom, I really want to become a Supreme Court justice. This was at 10. So he got a chance to meet the dean of TSU, oh, wow. which was Dean Bledsoe. They had a conversation and gave him some books, gave him some toolish things to really navigate his conversation about really nurturing that. And then the day that I picked him up on April the 7th from school, his dad and I are on the phone. He comes in the car. He gives my kiss as he normally does. And then I ask him how his day was, what he liked, what he didn't like, what he would change, all those, you know, things that we ask our children. Sure. And then all of a sudden we're riding down the hall, our highway and he just bursts out and says, Ma. I was like, what? He said, did you hear? I said, did I hear what? He said, did you hear we have a first black justice, Supreme Court justice? I said, son, I did. He said, how did you know? I said, because I'm woke. <laughs> so we both fell out laughing. That's a running joke at our home. And then he said, ma. And then he got real still, Steve, and real serious. He said, ma. I said, yeah, what's up? He said, it's on now. Oof. 14. That is a wonderful car ride home. So when you asked me about what's changed, it's a young black rising boy leader saw this renowned, gracious, classy, determined, and strong black woman confirmed as the first black justice in wow. America. And at 14, it mattered to him. So if it mattered to him at 14... You already know it mattered to me as his mother. So that's definitely <laughs> it's in the heart. That's the foundation yeah. going forward for sure. Definitely. So wonderful, yes. great moment. <laughs> so, um, so on LinkedIn, you linked your, you uh, list yourself as a STEM influencer. Yes. What is a STEM influencer, and tell us what you do with that. By definition, Loretta Williams Grinnell is that unique, introspective child that my mother said I was unique all of my life. She said that to me, Steve, growing up. And as a child, <laughs> you say, you know, when your parent calls you unique, you're like, mm, I don't know if that's good or bad. But as I have <laughs> risen into this young lady, this adulthood, this womanhood, this this wife and mother and, and leader in this community as it relates to STEM, being a STEM influencer by my definition is living the walk. 
and not just talking the talk. So that means in my conversations, I am sharing education, information, and data about the area of STEM and the lack of there for women, and particularly women in, that are in underserved communities. Uh, as a as a STEM influencer, I, I view myself as STEM. I am STEM. You know why? Because I create. I innovate. I, I'm able to design. I'm able to impact. I'm able to cause change. I'm a catalyst. So definitely, I am definitely. STEM. When I think of myself as a STEM influencer, I live what what I believe. So that's from my faith to my family to my freedom. And then I culminate that with the science because we know just by natural selection, a lion and a lion, a male lion can't come together, right, to procreate. So, but when we think about just natural selection, if we want to keep Mother Earth living on and on, we have to have male and we have to have female to be able to procreate. So when I think about STEM influences, I think about what is it that I live? What is it that I believe? And what am I willing to do the work behind to call Cause a shift and a change for those who do not have access and equity in this space we call STEM, because we know STEM is a driving force of our economy. So in order for us to have a driving force of economists in this, we have to open the door and make sure that the playing field is even mm -hmm. at the beginning. And all the voices are there. That's and, right. And everybody's at the table. That's so. right. And when do you think, uh, when did you see that path? You know, I've, it's so funny because... Again, I'll go back to what people have told me. It's not me, right? So as I was, maybe about two or three years ago, somebody was talking about leadership on social media. And one of my classmates that I went to school with in elementary and middle school came on and said, Loretta, you know good and well you've been a leader all your life. Steve, this is like 11, 12, you know, 10 years old. I'm like, she said, you have been leading us all of your life. You came in, you knew exactly what you want. You have a strong faith. You believe in community. You believe in family. And if we were doing something wrong, you got us together on that court because we had to play. You know, she said, you just naturally have been leading us all this time. And I was like, wow, this is a person that I've known probably 30 years, right? 35, no, longer than that, 40 years. And what's interesting to me is that I'm like, wow, who I am, how I came out of my mother's womb was purpose, with purpose and great purpose. And then when I started walking in that great purpose, it just became this natural thing for me to be, you know, if I'm an influencer, what is it that I'm willing to influence and why? So I've got to believe it, I've got to live it, and then I have to demonstrate it. Wow. Yeah, those are definitely three tenants that uh, <laughs> not a lot of influencers. They always just want views. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you no. definitely want change. Yes. And you want people to be the best self. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. So Excellent. So as a founder, yes. you talk about the importance of showing up, supporting, That's and right. adding value. Um, how do you do that personally? And how do you do that for uh, Supergirls? You know, the first thing I realized is that... <sighs> I wrote this song called Super Lady back in 2011. So I'm a recording artist oh, nice. and I've traveled. I've released two CDs and worked on several different projects. I've opened up for Eric Benet and, you know, and the likes of in the gospel community, the Yolanda Adams and, oh, wow. you know, yeah, the, that's awesome. yeah, you know, all those kinds of people. But what's interesting is that my road to music was different. Writing was a tool and still is a tool for me to release. I came from a different background in reference to, uh, you know, a lot of us have thorns in our 
family, right? So I had some thorns in my family, and I would I would cause myself to be a better athlete on the court playing basketball oh, nice. because that's where I would take out my thorns, the pain of the thorns. But then I also realized that I'm a great writer. I'm a great storyteller. And so I just translate life into a story and put a melody to it and it becomes a song. And so Super Lady literally is a culmination of what I believe a lady come, becomes because we are born as females. We we grow to become women, but it takes a conscious and a mental change to become a lady. And so that's where Super Lady comes from. And so as we were traveling and doing this, life for me, Steve, was nothing super. This is what I thought was real funny about God <laughs> because my mother was transitioning. Her health was deteriorating. Our finances were funny. We were The economy was different. And my husband was like, well, babe, this song is in you. You've got to get it out. You keep singing this melody. I would be in the kitchen, Steve, and tears would just come down my <laughs> eyes. And he was like, if you don't get this song out of you, when the song was birthed, new life was birthed. So the song became a project. The project became a platform. The platform became a lifestyle. And then the birthing became of Supergirl Shine Foundation. Oh, nice. Because we cannot be super ladies without raising up supergirls. Oh, nice. And is that song out there? It is. It's on YouTube. Just type Super Lady Loretta Williams Grinnell. Line nice. dance and everything. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. I bet you didn't plan on that when you were I cutting sure it. I sure didn't. <laughs> there were so many things. <laughs> I didn't plan on a business development road of four years where we would have quarterly business development, talking about our faith, our look, our finances, our relationships, and our presentation. Did that for four years. Then the girls would come with their mothers and their fathers. They would have conversation with me. And of course, you know, I engage girls. I engage youth. I love them. And so I would just ask them certain things. And their parents was like, Loretta, what have you told her this time? She said, we got to go to the mu museum on Thursdays because it's free at five o'clock. Yes. Then she says, I need to be reading certain books. Yes. I need to be going to this robotics camp or this. Or, yes, they do. Because... They need to be able to critically think and problem solve. Okay, and you can't take those tools away from people. When they show up in their right space and who they are, and they can critically think and problem solve, literally we can change the world from our hands because of the ability to understand who we are when we show up. But if we can't really problem solve with critical thinking, we're a robot. Mm -hmm. We're we're just a we're a piece in this in this space, but we're really not adding value. Right. And so I think those are tools that we just need to hone in on. No, I like that for sure. Um, so you set the current landscape of STEM as it relates uh, to girls. Um, where have we been? Where Ooh. are we? Yes. And where are we going? So I see the past landscape was that, you know, what's interesting. I know STEM is this new term. If you think about those who set the pioneer stage for, they weren't calling it STEM. You know, they were, they were just saying women weren't at the table when it came to aerospace or science. And you think about back in the 70s, like the hidden figures, the Catherine Jack oh, yeah, Johnsons and you know, those, those things. But when we think about where it is now, it's like we can't talk about what's now if we don't understand why it was that way and what they had to come through and endure. So I, I am, am in awe about the Barbara Jordans who set the bill, you know, as far as in Congress and, and being able to be the first and, and sharing that voice 
place in politics to make laws, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to, sh- the Shirley Chisholm's, right? Uh, what's interesting to me is that even with the Mae Jemison's, you know, astronauts and and changing the trajectory of what an astronaut looks like and then from a woman who have, who is of color and who is a black woman. But then when I think about now, it's like, okay, so that's what they did and imagine what they had to do to get at the table because mm-hmm. even the Catherine wasn't at the table. When you think about it, she was in the room to solve a problem, but it wasn't until the end that she literally had a seat at the table. Right. And so when I think about how we are, where we are now is technology has really taken over. It's like this generation was literally born into technology. They don't know anything different. Mm. They don't know. They really don't use paper and pencil. In school no, anymore. My handwriting's getting worse. Right. And worse. <laughs> you know, we were talking about this early, like cursive writing, signing, signing your name, your signature, being able to apply for an application on, on paper, pencil, not just online. And we think about the evolution of that. Um, one of the things that I'm I'm really intrigued about, or really want to uh, stay true to, is let's not forget the struggle, not to stay on it, but to respect it and appreciate that, you know, it wasn't just 30, 40 years ago that there are women who were still the first going out on oral wigs, right, with guys, white men who were out here and there's one black woman or maybe, maybe a one white woman, right? And now we're evolving where we're seeing, but the challenge is, is that Houston is still only has one CEO that's a woman in C-suite. Oh, in a wow. Fortune 500 company. Yeah. Houston is the most diverse city in the country. We have to do some things about that. So when we think about where STEM is, we understand climate. We understand technology. We understand innovation. But more importantly, like I just left, I was just sharing with you how we left this luncheon and talking about the state of technology. One of the things that was shared is we've got to dig deeper and fill the pipelines with younger and diverse talent. Mm-hmm. So everyone at my table is just looking at me because they knew my whole <laughs> body just rose when they said it. And I, and I literally, I was the only one in the room, see, but I was clapping because I'm like, finally, somebody understands. It's, we can't do this when they reach college. Right. It has to be a lifestyle. You know, it's like, it's like when you're riding a bike. You, it's harder to ride a bike when you're 45 than if you put a bike in a child's hand when they're two. Yeah, there's yeah, same with languages. Languages, bike, math, principles, math and science are just skills. And so when we realize that math and science are skills and not a subject in school, then what do we do with our skills, Steve? We sharpen them. Yeah. We make them yeah, stronger. You look for the tools. And yeah, you right. start with what you have. Right. So when we think if we can get our our educating policymakers to understand that reversing and refining the education system where science and math are skills and not subjects, more children will be able to harness Most and definitely. be able to hone in on those skills and not look at it as a, a textbook homework type of regiment that I have to do for a grade. But I can see myself as a scientist in the second grade, mm-hmm. in the first grade. I can see myself creating change in my community. This is where we are now, and this is where we're going. So as we fill the pipeline with more diverse and younger talent, we strengthen our workforce. Because the U.S. Department of Energy is stating now that more than 50% of their workload is STEM. And they're concerned that they're not going to have this talent to be able to fill it. Well, the Kinder Report tells us with just in the city of Houston, 70% is 20 years or younger and attended uneducated schools. 
So imagine if I'm 20 uneducated school in 20 to 30, 40 years, who is going to be running the city of Houston? Right. We've got to have this shift. That's why Supergirl Shine Foundation is a great partner. What we do is we pay our bills differently. We're a 501c3, but we just pay our bills differently. We come alongside of you to find out what is it that you're doing to be this change agent when it comes to technology. And where do you see your businesses? What's the what's your strategy? What is your, you know, your projections and KPIs for the next five, ten years? Who are you going to need to fill these pipelines, these these jobs, this workforce? Mm-hmm. Partner with us now. Build us up. Allow Supergirl Shine Foundation to become sustainable because it takes resources to do what we do. Then we develop these girls. They they are deployed into internships, the day in the life of. They become oh, that, mentored yeah. by your companies. She's this talent. And now what do they know? I now can now go back and hone in on my what? My skills of science and math. And this is where now I see myself in five to 10 years. And what is a reception? Are you, you know, are you seeing the wall crumble mm-hmm. a little bit? Cracks, as they say sometimes? Yeah. So one of the things that we've seen is that um, we've, we've had to crawl, right? You got to crawl before you walk. And then uh, having the pandemic, not for everything was bad. You know, I, w- I can truly say that there are a lot of good things that came out of the pandemic, for, at least for us. Now, personally, ooh, it was tough, right? It was <laughs> yeah, tough. Yeah, and it, it's at it's the beginning, time. and when the beginning was really tough for our foundation because we lost over $60,000 uh, potential in our budget. And oh, so wow. when you have that and you're a small startup nonprofit, that's a lot. That's a lot. And and almost took us under. But one of the things that came out of this particular opportunity or workshop, as we call it, is that we were able to be still. Be still. Be still. And then see, it's in the stillness that I hear and be and, and find clarity for me. And so it's in the stillness that I understand that that God is speaking to me. This is me personally, but I had to be still. But the greater thing, Steve, is the world was still. So now there are two things that could have happened that the light is shined on what you're doing and the light is shined on on what you're not doing. For us, the light was shown on us on what we were doing. And then it was illuminating because we didn't stop. Nice. We innovated. We pivoted. We went online. We formed our um, essentials programs, our, our empowerment and equity series. We made sure our girls were in safe environments. We deplo- uh, deployed them with mentors who are in the industry to support them in this transition. We made sure that we were continuously writing for grants and sponsorships so that we could have scholarships for them when they graduated. They can go on to school. We made sure and pivoted and made these internships where they would have this critical thinking and problem-solving skills online. Line. We connected them with PhDs and, and um, data scientists and you name it to make sure that they could still stay in the space so that when we came out, we still had consistency. We did not know that eyes were on us. <laughs> yeah. In that consistency, that's how we got an invitation oh, to be wonderful. in the space because we were consistent. Yeah, I once heard someone say that uh, when you don't think they're watching, oh my goodness, they're watching. Oh, and I think when you don't think they're watching, they're probably watching more, right? Yeah, they're definitely. Yeah, honing in. Yes. It definitely seems like yeah, everything came together. So now yeah. you're even stronger after the pandemic. We're stronger. You know, we're stronger in the thought and the idea of what we know we can do, and we're also stronger in the thought of what we cannot do. And we also have come to the realization and more confidence to be able to ask for what we need. Mm-hmm. Because this is about yeah. sustainability. 
It's about long-term. It's about global impact. It's about national growth and global impact where it is small enough where it actually agitates communities and causes a ripple change because of mindset and actually doing the work. But then it becomes a national growth because those girls, those young ladies are now deployed in different areas going to different universities. Mm -hmm. And then they become these professionals in different parts of the states. But they never forget their roots and their roots would be with SGSFS. So they come back to SGSFS SGSF and mentor and be those that buddy mentorship of knowing what was given to them. And then as they move out and they become global leaders, so does SGSF. Oh, wow. Yeah. Definitely have a global plan yeah. here. This yeah. is That's a, the, that is the plan. <laughs> so what uh, what are some other groups, companies, industries, mm-hmm. other political offices? Um, you've kind of alluded it to it a little bit, but can you give some more definitive of how they're actually reaching out to Supergirl Shine? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with one of our, um, the newest partner, I should say, more consistent partner would be the ION. And so just being in this space, the technology hub of Houston, innovation, um, you're talking about where startups live, breathe, and have their being. <laughs> this is a place to be, right? <laughs> so is. if you don't know about the ION, I think you need to get connected because one of the things I do know is I was sharing with one of our community groups here that was we invited last week is that it doesn't matter how you got here. It's what you do once you get here. Mm -hmm. And then it's up to you now that you know something different, that you do something different and you go back in the community and bring others so that now they can learn what what you know. And I think that's what really Supergirl Shine Foundation is doing. You know, the IONS focus on startups, right? It's e-commerce. It's global. And it's dealing with more of the, the upper echelon age groups of startups, you know, Business leaders. God bless you. Thank you. And so one of the things that's really important is, is that we understand our space and our role of change and impact. And that happens with that middle school, that high school, and those collegiates. Ooh, you're talking about sweet spot. <laughs> when you get a middle school girl... And she is in a space where she has connected with the likes of Dr. Justin Bird, who is a top surgeon at MD Anderson, who took a laser course, a laser cutting course here at the phototyping um, lab. Okay. And then uh, one of the things that was so important about that is that we had four of our supergirls there with him. And he and his wife and some other physicians but one of them was 10 years old and was had an opportunity to troubleshoot for this top surgeon, Dr. Bird, because he <laughs> didn't understand some data points, and she did. What an experience you can have in such a space like this, right. that cohesiveness, the collectiveness, the collaboration. The other thing I would say is that um, we have a new partnership. Well, we've had several partnerships, but the one that's been really consistent with us from the beginning has been Comerica Bank. They believed in the vision before I even understood the full vision. Okay. And wow, so grateful for that long-term partnership. They believe in STEM. They believe in education. And more importantly, they believe in founders who are serious about mission work. And so that has been a great partnership with us. I would say one of the things that I love about being in this melting pot of Houston is that it's not really the districts that make the difference. It's the students within the districts who have the parents who support them. Mm-hmm. So we have students from all over, literally. We have students from Katy. We have students from HISD, from Dickinson, Pasadena, Pearland. But the unifying piece is our parents and students know when they become a member of Supergirl Shine Foundation, It's the prioritization 
that we allow and structure around them and for them that causes them to have those experiences with the Dr. Bird or to be able to be with improving and have a day of coding where they are literally learning the basis of coding, being able to understand um, product delivery and organization leadership management, working in teams, being able to code and form this basic unit of a website and take that back and use it as a language to think about ideation and then connecting and then creating to product manufacturing, right? (laughs) right. And these are middle schoolers. So having partnerships like that with improving. And then, of course, the Bill and Helen uh, Crowder Foundation has been a strong supporter of making sure we have scholarships because it's the scholarships for first-gen or socioeconomic disadvantaged persons needs to have that bump to be able to say, one, we believe in you. One, we have your back. And three, we're here for you. And this particular scholarship will help you reach not just a goal, not just a dream, but be able to make a mark and a stamp in your history so that now you can come back to your community and share how this was done for you. So those are just a few. And, you know, those are... <laughs> Those are some big ones, just a little just few. A but, few. But, just a uh, few. <laughs> so I would think anybody that's now listening and mm-hmm. hearing all of this and they have a 10-year-old or more importantly, let's say to a 10-year-old out there, yes. what do they do next? What do they do next? The first thing is I want you to show up every day and know that you are shine. And what I mean by that is that you show how impact never ends. When you open up your mouth and you share who you are and you introduce yourself, you say, I am Loretta williams Grenade. Uh, not I, not my name is Loretta Williams Grinnell, but I am Loretta Williams Grinnell. That am changes the whole shift in the conversation because it's not about your name. It's about who you are. So that's the first thing is please share. I am. When you're introducing yourself to someone, I am. And then say your name. And I would say, I am Loretta Williams Grinnell. And then I stop and I listen. I listen to people and I listen for their pain points. And I listen to where we can solve problems. And so as a 10-year-old, there are a lot of things that are going on in the world. And if you're on TikTok, if you're on YouTube, you're seeing a lot of people with a lot of things that they're not happy about. Figure out what is it that you can go in and solve a problem because now that turns into e-commerce. That's a super girl. And then the third thing I would say is show up every day on purpose with purpose in your classroom, with your family, with your friends. Be the voice that people want to be more like than not. And then that are those are characteristics of a supergirl. And then once you know that, or if you don't and you want to come and join us, join us at www.supergirlshine.com. There's a place for you to shine. But more importantly, there's a place for you to develop so that you can learn how to shine. Mm-hmm. For example, next Tuesday, we have this tech and ministry, right? And the interesting thing about that is tech, ministry go together. But a lot of times we separate tech and ministry. A lot of people don't understand that education and ministries are the most congregated places that people come together. Oh, wow, yeah. So think about that. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have technology, how are you keeping the most congregated people together? especially during the pandemic. So we saw congregants, we saw people who were members were not able to commune. They weren't able not to assemble. They were not able to connect. But if technology was in place, they would have still felt that small group, the connection. Mm -hmm. And so what we're doing is showing you how you can now use technology 
how the resources can come together so that you can have a stronger infrastructure to stay connected, whether it's hybrid or if it's in person. So do you have to be in ministry to be here on the 26th? No. Do you have to be in technology? No. But if you are in technology and you are in ministry, let's come together for that conversation. That sounds wonderful. And I think I love about all of that is like you said that by saying I am, Mm -hmm. that brightens your internal light. Oh my gosh. And by doing that, you can then draw people that are in the darkness to you. Exactly. uh, Because we have to be, think about Steve, there are a lot of people that went, if we can just be transparent about the pandemic, it was tough. It was tough mentally. It was tough socially. It was tough economically. It was tough relationally. It was, it, Things brought things were brought up in families that people didn't even know. The, those dark points were there. And so being a light is almost the most important thing that I can do every day. Is that when I wake up, I give thanks. I'm grateful that I see another day. I'm grateful that I can walk without assistance. Even if I had to walk with assistance, I'd be grateful because I would know that I'm walking with assistance. So that means I'm in my right mind. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for my right mind. But when I show up in places, if I'm a thorn, how is it that I can carry out the mission if I'm a thorn? So I want to be a light. Now, I know me. I am very driven and I'm very focused. I'm a very focused leader. Sometimes I can be too focused where I'm not necessarily shutting people out, but I'm just so channeled that right. it seems like, right? Sure. So, But you have to have accountability, accountability people around you to say, okay, Loretta, <laughs> come on out of that. Come up, lift your head, lift your <laughs> yeah, head. Breathe, exhale. Right, breathe, breathe. Come on and see the sunshine. <laughs> Give me that smile that you have, right? <laughs> but that's, you know, but that's what I think this pandemic taught us is that it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then when we did say that, Steve, what came and who came to our rescue? A lot of people who did know. And then for those who didn't know, you can now come together and then everybody knew. And so I don't want to leave that part out. You know, we did a lot more together, I think, in that space because we had to come together. Nobody had an answer. We just knew people were dying. People were getting sick. People were perishing. Finances were funny. Families were being broken. And what we knew is that in our family, it was about our faith that kept us strong. And then it was about our will to keep going, right? And then it was our unit to say, you may not get it and I may not get it, but together we got this. And so that was one of the things our our family said. We said that all the time during this time and still do. No matter what you go through, we're going to go through this together. Yeah. No matter what you're going through, we're going to go through this together, and we're going to meet you on the other side. Yeah. Uh, so. Definitely. And you're going to be holding hands. <laughs> That's right. And you're going to be, yes, walking <laughs> in unison and a loving and fun experience. Um, so I know they're kind of getting a little close mm-hmm. on time, but um, you reference uh, Soiree. Soiree. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about Soiree? Oh, thank and, you so much uh, their for their impact on uh, you and the community. Thank you so much for asking about the Soiree. So our Soiree is not a gala, it's not a party, but it literally is a, a way where we can connect with the community to share the impact that we do through Supergirl Shine Foundation. But we do it in a way where we celebrate women who are leaders in the community who are changing the narrative for more women and girls in STEM or women and girls in in leadership or just people in general with their teens. 
So they show up as good leaders, leading, serving, and serving others well. And so the soiree allows us to celebrate these 11 ladies throughout the Houston community who are doing this. And then that is the financial benefit to the foundation. As a 501c3, of course, we're raising dividends and capital for us to be able to provide these programs that are effective and efficient within our communities. So the ladies become mentors to our girls. They become advocates. They become a strong uh, network where the young ladies can now look up to on how to become this C-suite leader or this game changer. And then what that does for our community, it shows that, okay, we have these leaders and we have these rising leaders and then we have our middle school and high schoolers. So then as they build and they go through this pipeline, who do they have to model after? Super ladies. <laughs> and that's what the soiree is. So our soiree is number third. It's 2022. And it will be at the Ion. Oh, nice. So yeah, it's continue. um it is we are raising five hundred thousand dollars this year. Oh, my. And we're we will we will succeed that um and and make sure that we do it because we have to do it for our girls. We have to do it for programming. Wonderful. And that is our goal. So anyone who wants to come alongside of us to be an advocate and you see value in what we're doing, that's basically what you're doing is when you give to Supergirl Shine Foundation, what you're saying is I find value in what you are doing. I appreciate that you are consistent and you are serious about the work and the impact that creates for our economy and for sustainability. And I'm serious about making sure that my dollars, meaning those who give, goes to programs that are literally not just talking the walk, but DNI, but actually living it and changing the narrative. So that sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a. Uh a young girl, not uh, so much now, but probably a young woman. She's okay. about to graduate oh, high school next wonderful. month, and uh, so she's going to UT Austin. Nice. So, what is she going to study? Uh, she's going to be studying advertising oh, in the communications wonderful. department. Okay. So, but I she wonder also, where she gets that from. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but she does. Uh, there is talk of maybe doing a comp sci minor. Oh, so, uh, nice. so definitely, yeah, I'm excited to definitely. share this interview if, with her. You know, with her being, and this is one of the things, if she's interested in advertising and um, communications, um, have her connect with us. Because okay. we are deploying interns this summer, oh, great. but we're doing them with aerospace okay. and tech startups in um, in athletics, in sports, oh, nice. and also with environmental consciousness startups. Mm-hmm. So for her to take her writing, her love for marketing and comms, she can be in the space of STEM, mm-hmm. right? And then that would probably agitate her liking <laughs> to maybe minor in computer science. Right. No, that sounds great. I will definitely share that. Wonderful. With you, so. And you did kind of uh, lead into one of my other questions, which is we're uh, happily broadcasting from the Ion Houston here. (laughs) Yes, we are. So we are, uh, as uh, the show 713, happy to be broadcasting from here as well. And uh, definitely agree that it is a space that uh, everyone should uh, certainly stop Mm -hmm. by, check the events board, um, the, what is it, Ion Houston? Ion Houston Houston.com. Ion Houston.com. They're always Mm -hmm. doing stuff. They are. So, Yeah. Um, and then connect with us at supergirlshine.com. Again, mm-hmm. uh, we're great partners. We're looking for strategic partners who are serious about rewriting the narrative. So if you are beyond, you know, it's beyond DNI, right? It's really about the work. It's about creating workforce for Houston. It's about mm-hmm. being able to develop with skills. It's about being able to sustain our economy. And so what, what better way to do it through women? Because there are more women who are raising children, raising mm-hmm. families. And so once you change, Change the socioeconomics for a woman, you've literally changed the community. 
No, it's really and then nice. once you change that community, now you've changed how that community shows up and can live. Yeah, it is a big, yeah, one big sustainability. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, no, that sounds wonderful. And you do uh, bring up D&I. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the unconscious biases? You know, we hear about that now mm-hmm. with our, you know, unknowing prejudices and not meaning to or subconscious or yes. subtle actions that we do yeah. or don't do. Um, what are some uh, unconscious bias that you see? And then mm-hmm. what can we do to overcome those? I think one of the things is that we have to stop and listen. We really have to stop and listen. And we need to involve the people who we are trying to um, improve, quote unquote, improve, because you're not improving people. You're developing skills. But provide access and equity. They need to be at the table. So, for example, I had a conversation with one of our partners yesterday, and these are his words, not mine. He said, Loretta, let's just be honest. I'm a white guy. My friends are white guys, white guys with good hearts. We want to change the world. But you can't have a table full of white men and you're going to change the world. That's a bias. Mm -hmm. So if if you are a person and you look around the room in a meeting and it's all the same, that's a problem. That's an unconscious bias. That's one. Using the word underprivileged is one of those thorns. This is not about being privileged. It's about access and equity. So change the concept of, it's a theory thing, right? It's a a mindset thing, not a theory. It's a mindset thing. It's because of the way that we've been raised and the environments that we've been raised and the plagues that have been on us. So the word privileged means that you are and I'm not. Mm -hmm. But let's think about, uh, you'll never hear us talk about equality. This is not about equality, Steve. It's about equity. See, when I'm going to a baseball game and maybe I want to look, look at the, the game from the outside, right, but I'm handicapped or I may be five years old and I may be 16. If you give me the same size ladder as you give the 16-year-old, if I'm in a wheelchair, I can't see. But if you give me a ladder that allows me to see over the fence and you allow the 16-year-old to stand and the five-year-old has a ladder that's longer, that's higher than mine, then we all can see the same game. Uh, that's a good point. I've never heard it put that way. That's so that's good. what equity is. It's not equality. Because if it was equality, all of us would have a ramp or all of us would have a ladder. Mm-hmm. And that means that the 16-year-old would still be higher. The 16-year-old would still be able to see further. The 16-year-old would still be heard. The 16-year-old would still have a better view. But when we want to change and we really want to make a change, we have to think about what is true access and equity. Access and equity is is talking about Supergirl Shine Foundation when we're not around, making sure that when people are um, writing conscious checks, that they are writing it to organizations like ours, who is doing the work. That you're not giving to the same organizations all the time, but you're literally looking at, okay, what what is it worth for one girl to be changed, to have an internship with a Fortune 500 company at the age of 16 from Sunnyside, Texas. That is priceless. Priceless. I can't even tell you the value that added to her life, but to her mother's life, to her sibling's life, and to the way she shows up in life in general. Mm-hmm. Talks about that inner shine again. Oh, there it is. So those are some of the unbiases, you know, using the word underprivileged, making sure we understand the difference between access, equity, and equality, and then making sure that if you are really wanting to change the world, invite Loretta Williams-Gurnell to the table. Excellent. And I think that everyone should. (laughs) So uh, you mentioned the uh, supergirlshine.com. We're going to have all of the deets and a lot of the things that she's mentioned. We'll uh, add those into this description. So, yeah, please uh, check those out. And uh, 
I uh, can't tell you how much I thank you for your time and thank wow. you for all that you're doing. And uh, you. we're definitely going to be keeping our eye on you. Yay. You may not feel it, but uh, <laughs> we're there. We're going to be watching and thank definitely you. look forward to supporting you through uh, time or money yeah. or however. So. Thank you. I appreciate this too, Stephen. I, I just want to share that um, it is so important that we are authentic in our work our deeds and our presence. And I want to say to you as the owner and the visionary behind this, thank you for being consistent in your work, showing up on purpose with purpose, and then creating a space where your guests can come in and flow freely. It makes a huge difference on uh, the presentation. I, I just want to Truly, truly want to thank you on how I have been treated in this process and how we walked into this space. It's, it says a lot about who you are as a person. Wow. It, it says a lot about your value of people, and it says a lot about your pride in what you were doing and the importance of what you're doing. So on behalf of our board of Supergirl Shine Foundation, our advisory board, our partners, and anyone who sows into this mission, I say thank you. I just happen to be the voice. I just happen to be the the shine that's visible. But believe me, I come with an army. I'm standing on greatness. I'm standing with greatness and I'm standing before greatness and I've gone before greatness and I'm coming after greatness. And so it's because of that village. It's because of the people who've come around us that we're still here and we are thriving. So thank you. Wonderful. You are welcome. Thanks for being you. You're Thanks to uh, Loretta Williams Grinnell for her time and yeah. everything that SupergirlsShine.com is doing. And to all of the uh, girls and women and mentors and everything, thank you. Thank you.